Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hello, once again, this is Sue Rose Minahan, Talk Cosmos. Tonight's a very special occasion. We've been having this monthly cosmic collaboration, and it's been with individual commentaries. But no, we are above the horizon on the horoscope, and that's something for those without astrology understandings to realize. And in Libra especially, because this is still in the archetype of Libra, where we're self-concerned with the other of anything in partnerships and relationships. And so we're having a panel discussion, and there will be two guests on a routine basis, and I'll introduce them in a moment, and it'll we'll juggle along. And in fact, that really, and I say juggle along, I mean that we've already projecting the other monthly occasions where we'll be meeting and discussing these wonderful issues to really contemplate and expand our thoughts. And let's see, I was getting so excited here and all these different ideas, but that's right. Tonight's subject for Libra, for the Libra Cosmic Collaboration, is a quincunx, now that's a tricky word, but I'll describe it, adjusting relationships. And that's exactly the name of the game for quincunx. Etymology, quincunx, quinc means five into 12, and it was a monetary value. And interestingly, with and it was called Libra. And interestingly, with Libra right now, just this is the strange world, the way the world coordinates the spiritual, you might say, with extra factors to add into our our, our way that we plan the world. But the point is, is that values is a very pertinent part of Venus that rules Libra. So regardless of the fact that it happened to be called this monetary terms of Libra, but that is where it came from. But in astrology, it has 150 degrees. That can be an orb of three to four, because otherwise it merges into other aspects. And they, it involves energies, everything's an energy, that are not compatible at a quick look or even a deep look. It is that insecurity, one might say, as Karen Hamburg Zondag says in the book of the Yod, her book, wonderful book, that insecurity is part and parcel involvement. And rather than get all disturbed by this fact, which is can be disturbing because we've been living it, I can testify that. I know I'm jumping, but our charts that we're talking about right now have evident quincunxes energy that is asking us to juggle a lot, but rather just realize that some of this doubt is going to be part of it and keep searching, keep looking. So the two wonderful astrologers that are going to help me work out this conceptual thinking are both Amanda Pierce and Shannon Hayes, based here in Seattle. We're sitting right together. 
in our own cyber time. <laughs> and both have been periodically, three times each as a matter of fact, on the program since it began in April 2018. So if you go to Talk Cosmos and look at past episodes, or you can go to iTunes now, Podcast One, or any podcast that you have, and find the archives and listen to any of these that either Amanda Pierce or Shannon Hayes and I have conversed about. So, Amanda, just to give a little, and both of you, if you're interested in contacting either one, look at Talk Cosmos. We have all the guests there, and you can find out their how to reach them with their email or website and that. And Amanda is an astrologer and energy work consultant. She does mediation, not mediation, meditation. (laughs) Sorry about this. Quincunx, boy, I look at one word and I take it somewhere else. She writes, edits, she has a psychology degree, a BA, Bachelor of Arts in Psychology, And she also is doing a four-week series class for empowerment-based mediation. Now, I said it again, meditation. So do find her website or email her. You can find out, and she'll give you that email address for that forthcoming class that she's in the process of working out. Shannon Hayes is a certified evolutionary astrologer. She's also a yoga instructor, in fact, of a special kind that has mantras and akin to kundalini. Very special. She's an entrepreneur, has her own hair designer salon. She's a photographer, nature lover, and animal activist. So I think with that introduction, we will let it roll. Hi, both Amanda and Shannon. Hi, Sue. Hi, Sue. Glad to be here again. Yes. Yeah. So, Quincunx, who wants to jump in? What do you think? What is it? Well, the Quincunx is a 150-degree angle. And if you are standing in the first house, looking directly across the way to the seventh house, that's an opposition, and you have full sight. When a, a Quincunx is moving from the first house to either side of the seventh house. So one house over. And it is, it's challenging energy because it's kind of in your blind spots. So 150 degrees is really, you don't have a sight line to it. So it's, um, it's difficult to kind of get a handle on. It's so true. I know that we've been talking about this tonight quite a bit and sharing our own experiences and it's like I'm living in a laboratory because I hadn't brought up but that we are going to talk about the new moon which is only a bit ago I mean we're still in Libra and the full moon coming up and as I think you Shannon said or perhaps Amanda now I'm getting confused who said who midpoint mid yes right in between so both of them have these really powerful quincunx to which we'll bring up later but it's been a lot to juggle well, I like Amanda's point about the uh, being in the blind spot. I think that's a really good analogy for me with quincunx because it's energy, like like you were saying, Sue, that's seemingly 
doesn't really necessarily jive well together. So, it, I mean, it's almost like you're driving in a car, right? And you got that blind spot and you can't really see what's going on. So you got to crane your neck a little harder to look behind you. It's that same sort of feeling. So it, it doesn't necessarily imply that there's no resolution there. It's just that there needs to be adjustments made in order to find a resolution and to make the energy work a little smoother. Yes. And it's evident that what people have complained often about, that it's irritating and it's difficult. And I have I go for that, but then because I happen to have a few in my own charts, like, okay, we have to have a, we have to get beyond this point. <laughs> like, I can't just live forever with this, you know, unresolved issue. And, and that's a miraculous part. If we can just, from what Karen Hamburg-Zondag was indicating, is, is that if we just realize that, it's going to be uncomfortable, but yet we that's the purpose of it, to keep digging down to find out what's common. How can we understand something, what their needs are, what the other purpose is, whether it's a person or a project or whether it's politics, which we'll jump into too probably at some point today. You know, it's like there is a direction to, to coordinate so that we can maybe revamp our energy. Yeah, and the quincunx is, it is kind of an irritation at the start. Uh, It's kind of like having a a fly always buzzing around you and you just want to swat it away, but it just never leaves. So there is, but like Sue, you said you have a quincunx in your own chart, so that's an energy that you live with. Yes. So there's a, there can be resolution to it, and, and it's not necessarily something that you resolve and put to bed and never deal with. It's just something that you constantly live with. And there's a, a need to kind of go zen and go with the flow with a quincunx because it is, it's so kind of hard to wrap your, um, wrap your head around. It's kind of like um, being a, trying to balance on a log that's floating in a river. <laughs> right. Good yeah. analogy. Yeah, because yeah. that log, it's like, will go back and forth, but it also like kind of slips to one side, slips to the other side. So yes. so the resolution, it's not that like there's a beginning and end to it, especially if you have it in your chart, you're living with it all the time, right? So the quincunx is always going to be there. Sometimes life, life hands you situations where it's a little more tricky to balance and other times where it may be a little bit smoother maybe it's not so much work but at the same time it's always there so I think with time and with different transits you know those adjustments sort of um, you get better at making making use of that particular aspect I guess I love this and I have four thoughts going at the same time. Hopefully, I'll remember them all. First of all, that was Shannon speaking, for those of you I did not introduce. And the one prior is Amanda, so you'll get used to the different (laughs) thoughts. And this log is, I think, oh, my gosh, I know I fall in the water. (laughs) Don't we all? Yeah. Yeah, And then that, and that will pertain to this particular quincunx that we're just eager to get to, which is with the new moon in Libra. Because one of them involves Neptune, and it's between Venus and Neptune. And they're both in their own signs. But I'm thinking, like, Neptune is water, but it also 
and I think earlier, Amanda, you were bringing up the point in the conversation that we were talking about that quincunxes are spiritual. That's really the whole essence. Uh, you know, it's that because even uh, Karen, the, I was referring to Homdag. Homemakers on Dag. Thank you, Shannon. <laughs> yes. Saying that it's like a spiritual whispering that there is commonality. So to wrap this thought up, and then I'll leave my four thoughts, is there three, is that by falling off the log into the water, which happens to be this particular one, so perfect, right? Venus in Libra, balancing on that log, going into the water, suddenly the partnership is with the water. It's with the spirit. It's with the the, the larger process. We're not in control. And it's, it's this actually a beautiful way to realize yeah it's like mm-hmm. the the quincunx is really just pointing out where you are in misalignment with source because it's it's not quite aligned the energy and i think sue you were mentioning um earlier tonight about how there's insecurity with yes. the quincunx right and i i believe that's part of the of the disconnect from source that happens with the quincunx and so it's really just pointing out to you kind of putting in your face okay well how how can you reconnect and that and you're disconnected right now so you're going to have to make a shift and that's what the quincunx is asking it's asking you to make a shift in your life yeah well let's go into the chart but i will bring up the point that we'd shared earlier but just to bring to our audience's realization that quincunxes live within all charts on different basises. First of all, from sign to sign, anywhere in the chart, one sign is going to be hundred in this blind spot to another one, as we've described a little bit with the horoscope. Or else the transiting planets will suddenly produce one, and if it's a quick transiting planet, no problem for the most part. Well, by problem, it's, it's passing. But if it's a slow-moving planet, it could stay there for some prolonged time. And then the other thought is is that yourself, any of us, with another person, that energy can create by the two um, charts in, in relationship to each other a, a, a quincunx. So this is to, to master our full expression of how we operate with other people, which we certainly are. We're social people. Quincunx really has some necessity to understand. So in this chart, the I'll just identify, it is the new moon that was last Saturday on the 28th. And that happened to be at Pacific Daylight Time, because that's where we are in Seattle, at 11.26 a.m. for anybody that wants to look it up. And the sun and moon were at 5 degrees Libra, but wonderful Uranus that's been doing its retrograde motion in Taurus was exactly in conjunction. Or quincunx, as it's called. And the second one since was that Venus, which rules or the influencing planet or dispositor, and all those are languages that astrologers know, but for the rest of you, just understand that's the connection, which was in its own sign of Libra. It rules two. It rules both Libra and Taurus, so it rules 
It's ruling the sun, moon, and Uranus in this chart. Exactly. That other in conjunct. It happens to be in conjunct to Neptune, like the falling off the log. So how do we, what are these challenges? And I guess, what is it that, for instance, if we started with the first one, the sun, moon, and Uranus, which has to do with Libra and Taurus, maybe what the differences or what the commonalities are. Well, we're looking at a new moon chart, so it's a it's a seed chart. Like this is new energy that's coming forward for us to work with. And we've got the sun and moon in Libra, so it's very relationship oriented. It's all about finding the balance and not not rocking the boat. And here we've got Uranus coming in to quincunx, the sun, moon. So not only is it a an aspect, the quincunx aspect is um, kind of shaky and, and uncomfortable to deal with. Uranus itself is also very <laughs> uncomfortable. It really wants to rock things and shake things up. And it being in the sign of Taurus, which is very grounded, very much doesn't want to uh to rock the boat either it's just saying nope things have got to change we're we're really going to have to start looking at um how things are not aligned for you yes to our best value to our authentic self speaking of Uranus that really wants to elevate us to our higher right exactly Uranus really wants to to take things to a better level you know, so if something's not working and Uranus is involved, it can be uncomfortable, but it also, like, is necessary. And Uranus will put it right out in your face. <laughs> and the other thing that's interesting, too, is, like, because we have all this, like, Venusian energy, that uh, Neptune in Pisces is also the higher energy, the higher octave of the Venus. So again, it kind of reiterates all this stuff that's going on. It's like, so there's a lot of like, like you were saying earlier, you guys, that you want to keep things like looking nice. You want to keep things balanced. You want to keep things in a certain perspective, but because it's a, an inconjunctor, however, what do you, what's the other? Quincunx. Oh, I yes, just want yes, to say yes. quintile. It's like, oh, my God, it couldn't be further <laughs> There are these that. Q words. Yeah. <laughs> right? No, but. Good ones. Yeah, so there definitely needs to be change happening, I guess. And I like this idea of remembering that Venus is, and, and Neptune is the higher echelon of it because, again, it brings in this whole idea of who's our partner but spirit. Right. You know, I mean, we tend to isolate that or regulate it or perhaps just without criticism. It's just that we need to remember that it's part and parcel of living here. Right. Well, yeah, and there needs to be like, um, there needs to be another kind of perspective, which is the Libra thing, too, because sometimes we tend to project stuff out rather than, you know, dealing with it ourselves you know we look everywhere else for something when we have the keys inside of us that is so true you know if you're talking about the spiritual level yeah and i think that it's really easy to look outside of yourself with a quincunx as well instead of 
looking within to kind of solve the issue. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. perhaps it's the doubtful part. And I'm thinking with well, Libra, see, immediately, because it's other, it's mm. very, uh, the shadow side is to project and not take ownership because relationships can be our reflection and it's a growth process to have that comparative business, ideally. But here you're adding that with quincunx. Yeah, it's well, it's an irritation. And a lot of times when we have something irritating in our life, we don't want to look at ourselves. Oh, right. We yes. want to look outside and find blame. Right. And, you know, that's so much easier right? than looking within. Exactly. Exactly. It's that, like, like you said, it's that scratching, yes. right? That kind of scratching feeling. You just want to, like, get rid of it. So what's the easiest way to do, yeah. you know? Yeah. Push off that responsibility right? on somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There Plus, you go. this is ringing bells because Neptune, one of the downfalls of Neptune, because it's encompassing everything, is ideally it's the unity it, it not ideally it is the unity and so therefore it can be overwhelming and we can have denial and just slough it off go right. like oh too much i can't deal with this right definitely so there yeah. you go it would be a matter then of blaming mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. then we're getting into a lot of the details of the charts that we're all living with for a long time at least until may i think of next year march or may with the Capricorn influence of the big planets and the south node yeah. by big Saturn and Pluto. So when I'm looking at the sun, moon, quincunx, Uranus, what comes to me is how can you authentically love yourself while still being in relationship with others? Because Uranus is going to come in and it's going to want you to radically break through or break free from how you've been treating yourself. Radical. Love it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like radical self-care. Right. Well, well yeah, because, well, sorry, do you want to No, go? no, please. Well, because I was just going to add that when you get in relationships, sometimes it's easy to want to please the person and you, like Amanda was saying, you know, like you kind of let yourself go a little bit in order to find more of an identity with your partner, right? I said, and what that Uranus really wants is it like it really wants the autonomy and it wants the freedom of being able to be self-expressive without being um, so codependent in a relationship. I guess codependency in relationships, like is you know, it can happen fairly. I think easily when you really get involved with someone, you're really into them. You know, it's it's a fine line sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And with Venus, Quincunx, Neptune, I mean, right. Venus in Libra. <laughs> so no there's boundaries. It's in its own sign. And then Neptune. Right. No boundaries. No, no boundaries. boundaries right? And <laughs> just like completely merging with right? the other. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. I'm so into you. (laughs) (laughs) It is. And sacrificing yourself. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, we have a few minutes here before we take a break. And so let's just introduce the idea of the full moon, which because we're right in a week from now on the 13th of October, there will be a full moon. And it's always in the opposite sign. So that's going to be in Aries. And it happens to be at 2.08 p.m., in Pacific Daylight Time. And that'll be Mars at 6 Libra. No, wait a minute. That's not right. What is it? It's yeah. 20 degrees. Mm-hmm. It's 20 degrees Libra. The sun is 20. Yeah, it's 20 Mars degrees Libra. 
five, it'll be, no, it'll be five degrees Libra 20 minutes, right? Is that right? Yeah. I'm sorry. I've got all these notes here about five degrees and different things, but it's. Five degrees is the new moon chart. And the the full moon is the the sun is at twenty Libra the right. moon is at twenty Aries twenty yeah. Aries yes. right so that. Mars is six Libra so with a full moon chart we're looking at the culmination or the full expression of what was seated in that last chart and so we'll leave on one thought just involving that and it is is that that ruler which is Mars happens to be in Libra. And it's exactly Quincunx Aronis. So Aronis has switched. It was Quincunx, the sun, moon itself. And now it's, it's, it's in conjunct Mars, which is influencing how the moon wants to be autonomous and free. Yeah, the moon is in Aries, and so it's ruled by Mars. Right. And that Mars is quincunxing Uranus. So here, here the moon it has individuated from that kind of merged sun-moon conjunction of the new moon that was all in Libra. Now the moon is in Aries, and it's, it's getting a little bit of space uh, to be itself within relationship. And with Mars now quincunx Uranus... Um, I would say it's putting radical self-care into action through the lens of relationship. Gee, well, we'll return pretty quickly. This is good. This is with Amanda Pierce and Shannon Hayes here in Seattle. Oh, and I didn't mention that this is repeating on the 10th at 6 to 7 a.m. That's a Thursday. This is Talk Cosmos with the Libra Cosmic Collaboration Panel, a new edition of this once-a-month feature of Talk Cosmos. We'll be right back. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Libra, ruled duly by Venus. By leaving the lower hemisphere of the self, the energy of Libra enters the arena where the completed self meets the other than self to form a relationship based on partnership. As a cardinal air sign on the descendant angle, represented by the equinox of equal light, Libra's energy learns through comparison and relationships with the intention to integrate duality and polarities. Intuitive coach and psychic medium Jane DeForest, the director of the Portland International Association for Near-Death Studies and author of the book Love Never Dies, will be appearing at Seattle's East-West Bookshop on Friday, October 11th for intuitive art readings from 11 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. and presenting a Sunday class on the 13th from 1 to 3 p.m. Tickets are still available for purchase and can be purchased in person at East-West Bookshop. For more information, call 206-523-3726. This is Dawn Glinski from 6 O'Clock Astrology, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars. 
Alternative Talk 1150. Hello and welcome back. This is Talk Cosmos and it is October 5th, repeating on the 10th. That's a Thursday at 6 to 7 in the morning. And this is the Libra Cosmic Collaboration Panel with Seattle guests, Amanda Pierce and Shannon Hayes. You can find them online. Just go to Talk Cosmos. And I will just take this moment to say that Talk Cosmos has a subscription uh, that you can subscribe and receive these updates. Otherwise, if you're listening to replays, just go to Podcast One, iTunes, or any of your favorite podcasts. And we are talking about the quincunx, which is, briefly speaking, 150 degrees in astrology for as far as the degrees. But it's also an aspect that has, we are saying, a spiritual essence of wanting to get together. But it's not just like baking a pie, you know, where you are a cake with the with the ingredients, you kind of end up with um, chunky food in there <laughs> because <laughs> maybe that's one way of looking at it. We're in this experience that we're all living in right now, whether we know it or not, and this might give you some insight, is that a week ago with the new moon at five degrees Libra and the one a week ahead of us, which is the full moon, always in the opposite, happens to be 20 degrees Aries with the sun in in Libra, 20 degrees, but the point being that they have significant aspects with ener- with big planets, I mean, by important, Uranus and Neptune, for instance, and Mars, that are really asking us, how are we juggling things? So at this part, well, the conversation will go as it wants, beautifully, but we will talk a little bit about what some of the signs are and what the energies are and what do they want and what is the problem? So we're talking about three different signs here because those are the ones that are showing up in the new moon and full moon. We're talking about Taurus and Libra and Pisces. And all three of them are ruled by Venus. (gasps) Even Neptune? Yeah, well, Pisces, Pisces, yeah, it's the, uh, Venus is the esoteric ruler of Pisces. Ooh, you are adding something. Yeah, so they're all really relationship-oriented signs. You've got, with Taurus, it's relationship to self. With Libra, it's relationship to other. And with Pisces, it's relationship to source. Oh, to source. Oh, that's beautiful. Right. Oh, that pulls it together. Yeah. Yeah. So well, if we don't... Oh, go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say that's just why the Venus is the lower octave of um, Neptune, right? I see. That's, we had brought that up, yes. So we really do need to remember that we have this other energy that is... Neptune works on its own accord. We can't tell the sun to shine. That is true. <laughs> Or the rain. We can dance, but it may or may not. There is a relationship. I mean, people's energies do affect it. I mean, I I totally believe this. But yet still, it's not a direct A to B linear line. No, but life isn't linear, you know. I mean, that's just kind of how things work. I mean, just by being who we are, we're affecting energy. And that energy gets affected by everybody that comes in contact. So, I mean... You know, the transits, the planets moving from sign to sign. Yeah. 
And life is messy and relationships are messy. Right. And that's perfectly um, perfectly explained through the, the yod <laughs> between uh, Taurus, Venus, and Pisces. Well, that right. brings up the point. It is a yod. And just to bring up the fact that the quincunx is integral to a yod, although for these charts and for this conversation, we're not really focused on the yod, but it is important because the yod has the two planets that are in conjunct or quincunx, 150 degrees to one planet, the apex, but those two are in a little bit of a partnership because they're sextile. They're like connected. And so, and it, it mm-hmm. there's an easier flow of energy between the planets that are sextile. I don't right. think that that a sextile is always a super easy flow of energy, but compared to a quincunx, definitely. There's much more, there's more commonality between the two planets that are sextile. Whereas with a quincunx, there's zero commonality. Right. Well, I remember David Pond, who's also a Northwest astrologer of great esteem. And in fact, he's going to be at um, WASA, which is Washington State Astrology Association. For any of those in the area, it's a wonderful organization. Just check it out. And he'll be speaking in January. But I remember a wonderful lecture that he did give uh, maybe a good over a year ago because nobody returns that often but they do return that he said sextiles he talked totally about sextiles and what a strong connective force they were so you're absolutely right it was that a good distinction they're not necessarily easily um, they're mm -hmm. they're no trine no they're not but yet they can communicate yeah, and absolutely. that helps. <laughs> yeah, right. There can be there's a stop start energy with. They the decide they're making right. that chunky cake instead <laughs> of a pie, right? You got to stir a little more of the chunks, right? <laughs> That's right. Not quite so harmonious, or maybe a, a smooth tasting. <laughs> or it's like my smoothie this morning. I, I'm putting in avocado, but I froze it and didn't all get. Distributed. <laughs> Quincunx. <laughs> Just had a Quincunx smoothie this morning. Oh, boy. So, Libra and Taurus. We know that now they have an interesting relationship because they're also, and Tisha, just to get our audience really going here. <laughs> you want me to tell more? Yes, yeah. yes please. And Tisha is a Simple but complex. Let's leave it that there are these relationships has to do somewhat. It has totally to do with the fact of the sun leaving and leaving. I mean, rising or or descending from the solstice. The solstice is when either winter or summer, 21st usually of either December or June. And. The sun is either, the light is the least amount versus the largest amount generally on Earth for northern or southern hemisphere. So the point is, is that, and I don't want to get too complex here because it's hard to visualize it in a sense without seeing it. But from the equinox point, because there's four points, these angular light points are our directions. They're fundamental to our Earth and we don't think of it this way. Even in astrology, I know we do here among us three because of teachings from many astrologers. But the point is, is that Taurus 
as it's ascending from the sun is ascending in the sky towards the summer solstice, and then it meets at the summer solstice at zero degrees Cancer. And as it's descending, going back down to the equinox, the vernal equinox of Libra, it goes to Taurus. So it's equal. In other words, Taurus is equal if you look at the arc that way from Earth up to Taurus. So they, they have similarities. Yeah, and I'm I'm definitely not an expert on Antitia, but... And Sue, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you were to look at an upside down U where the sun is traveling um, in one direction up and then another direction down, and on each side of the the stems of the U, um, Shannon, do you want to say something? Oh, one moment, just a moment. We have a caller. Yes, hello. Hi. Oh, are you taking a call now? Yay. Well, okay. I guess we are. We're happy. Yes. And who am I speaking with? Yes. Thank you. My name is Alexa. And um, I just find this show so fascinating whenever I can tune in. So thank you for doing it. Um, and I found this uh, discussion really interesting. Um, I'm wondering, uh, my first question, it's kind of a related question, but um, when we look at one's chart, do we look at which is more influential in the in the the chart, the house or the sun sign? Um, the reason why I'm asking is because we're having this discussion around Libra and Taurus and Pisces, and I have all of these um, uh, signs in my chart prominently. And um, that oh, go ahead. I was going to jump in. Yeah, I'm just trying to just sort of figure out which one to focus on because they have different qualities. Well, that's a beautiful question in the sense that that's exactly, I think, in a sense with a quincunx. I'm not saying yours are quincunx, but in a sense that illustrates what we've been discussing here is is that one wonders sometimes, and in looking at one's one's chart before one really understands the energies and can synthesize them because that's essentially what one wants to do it is, I had not thought of it, but it feels like a quincunx situation because you look at them and you go, but this lives in this identity. This lives, if, if, if I'm expressing myself right, in that identity. How can they, these disparaging ways, like for instance, I have Libra moon and Virgo rising. And it happens to be 29 degrees Virgo rising. So I'm also, look. It, it's, there's, every chart has its own uh, situations so I myself just telling you this is a you're on the right path but b there isn't any there could be um, one that has more strengths to it depending on which house it's in sometimes like if it's in the first house that's really with your identity there are subtleties here and there could be that there's certain aspects between two of them like the sun and the moon and then that gives a lot of prominence to that. So there's a lot of subtleties here, but I wouldn't, and I'll just finish with one thought and then let the others interject. So because every house has its capacity of, of an area that it is developing, you know, systematically as, any de- as the chart or as, as we progress, it just develops. But the sign that it's in does give 
a way that those that area might be manifested or expressed, put it that way. So they all have a integration. Do you want to? Yeah, and I, it's a complicated question because there are so many different ways of looking at and interpreting a chart. And mm-hmm. each one of us, each astrologer kind of has to find their own sweet spot and what makes the most sense to them. And mm-hmm. so when I'm looking at it, if I'm not going to give, uh, I'm not going to say that the sign is more important or the house is more important. I'm looking at them in different layers in a way and seeing how they kind of blend together. So mm-hmm. for instance, in my chart, I've got a lot of fire and air, um, but not a lot of water, but I have all of those planets in a lot of the water houses. So that adds another water element to my chart that you wouldn't necessarily see if you're just looking at the signs. Similar. Mm-hmm. Me too. I, I respond to that. And, and so you really have to kind of look at the whole chart and, and see what the themes are and kind of feel it out for yourself. That's my, that would be my advice. Plus, okay. if, yeah, plus if there's a planet in one of those houses, of course, it has certain activity. Like right now we're talking about uh, Venus. Venus has a lot to do about balance and harmony and beauty, but also... Resources. Be- exactly. Resources, right. yeah, because it rules the two signs, both Taurus and Libra. Therefore, if if because Venus is in, well, amazingly, right now as we are living in this moment of time, there are several planets in their own sign. So the conversation with that planet, you might say, is very directed. Like Saturn is in its own sign of Capricorn. Neptune is in its own sign of Pisces. And this is modern because you could say traditional, but we're all relatively... Um, evolutionary astrologers here for soul growth and that's a whole conversation but Jupiter is in Sagittarus Venus which moves pretty quickly happens to be in with Libra one of its two signs so it's any rate does that somewhat Alexa I'm so happy that you enjoy the program and if you want to subscribe I'm just in the process of doing a sending out every week who the guests and and that would be with a subscription Mm -hmm. but does that illuminate a little bit? Yes, completely. It does because, um, you know, I've been, I did a, um, you know, a full-blown, you know, chart reading of my 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 chart um, a while back, which was really insightful. And I learned, I took a class Ooh. just basically to do that. But it's never really been anything I've gone any more deeply into other than just reviewing my chart you know, whenever I needed to reference it. And, um, but I, I have always looked at the house as well as the sun sign and a couple of other things. Well, it sounds like you're um, a blossoming astrologer. <laughs> and, and, oh, well, no, yeah, I just, it's not, well, like you say, there's so many different interpretations. I just would, I just feel like I, you know, really need to rely on other people. Well, no, and, and, and this is a good, perhaps a good way to close it as far as our conversation here goes because we're in the sense of Libra and it is self and other and we can as we were saying defer to others but 
and that's good as far as a comparative information, but it has to go back to self. And the fact is, with a really good teacher, one can learn what the actual energies are and, and, and understand how they develop going around. Shannon has something to say. So have you read any books on astrology at all, Alexa? Um, I have referenced them, yes. Um, I read um, The Inner Sky. Oh, um, Stephen Forrest, Good right. one to start. Yeah, that was the book. That was the book for the class. And Cunningham, oh, nice. Donna Cunningham has another really good basic book out. I can't remember the name of it. Well, I was going to recommend, uh, Go do you know who Demetra George is? Who again? Demetra George. No. She has a book called Astrology for Yourself, and it's like a workbook. And before I got started studying with people in astrology, I did her workbook just to take me to another level because I was taking, like, courses at community college and reading different books, and I had this hodgepodge of information without, like, a foundation. And so... I was referred to that book. It's called Astrology for Yourself. It's by Demetra George and um, somebody block. I think I have it. It's a really excellent book, and it's and it actually gets you more even more excited. And it it's easy it's easy to get into to see how far you want to go without spending a whole lot of money. To. She's a master, and I will say, if you're are you here in Seattle, Washington? I am. Okay, mm-hmm. just to mention. Laura Nalbandian is having, she started it. Whether you can come into it or not, I don't know. I don't know anything about the program, but she is collaborating with two other astrologers to do a foundational. I started off with Laura. She really teaches nuts and bolts. She's great. So you might consider reaching out. Soul-wise astrology. Soul-wise, yes, astrology. Whole-wide astrology? Soul. S-O-U-L. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) They're all evolutionary astrologers. Yeah, and it, but it's ve- and it's wonderful. It's wonderful. I'm sure. Okay. okay yeah. Well, thank you. Oh, of course. Thank you very much. Thank <laughs> all you. All right. Blessings. Wow, this was fun, and what an uh, an amazing illumination for me to realize it is like a quincunx understanding your own astrology. How can all these parts live within yourself? But they do. Yes, they do. So. We were talking about, well, we hadn't talked about Libra and, well, we, we could talk about any of the three, Libra, Pisces, because it's not a yard, so we can talk about Libra, Pisces, or Libra, Taurus. Or if you want, Taurus, Le- Pisces, for that matter, I guess. Because somehow we're adding the mix in, right? But. No think, chunks. Yeah, <laughs> no chunks. Back to that <laughs> recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Couldn't I'm resist. never going to think of quincunxes the same again. <laughs> Chunky, Chunky kunks. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm thinking. Quin chunks. So, Quin ba- chunks. oh, we were talking about the Antisha, and you were talking about. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Sorry. Well, that's why I, I, I like you both are just very special. <laughs> we, <laughs> Well, and, and remember, like, when we were talking with, when Brett was talking with us about Antisha, and he mentioned that it's also, like, kind of, like, it's a mirror or, like, a shadow kind of image between the... Um, it is, that's right? right. Because, like you said, it has to do with, like, the zero-degree 
of the sol the zero and the blah 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 the sun degree, going up right? and down yeah yes. the solstice and points lowering. right mm -hmm. yeah so it has a lot to do with the sun and its shadows so let's look at these two which happen to be Libra and Pisces did I say the other two oh my goodness see I think really I have to keep remembering that it is like juggling a lot we're in these energies we have the sun and the moon right now and it's still affecting us that our that's our our emotions and our being the will and we're trying to connect with Uranus that's in Taurus of being our authentic free self as we said but in the meantime, if we look to our ruler, which is Venus in Libra and its own sign, say, yes, we can find balance. And as we were saying earlier, balance isn't always 50-50. It can be some odd thing that teeter-totters well. But it it's looking at Neptune where there's the whole unity. And so, and, and okay. Yeah, well, it's like looking at the whole picture, right? Maybe we should look at politics. Maybe that's where the answer is. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you can look and see the uh, <laughs> problems <laughs> very easily. It's the polarizations, <laughs> right, that yeah. uh, can be presented, because right? Because also, Uranus and Neptune, as they're both big figures here, want, well, Uranus wants the elevation of the group. And Neptune looks at the whole sum of of, of the universe and the connection. Right. So somehow, and the service. So it's been brought up by other wonderful astrologers, you know, that that's one way out or in, however you want to look at it, is, is serving. How can we bring our attentions? What are our values? And what are they serving? Is it just us? Is it the greater, like you say, the esoteric part of Venus? So looking at this great newspaper here which I won't comment but it's a wonderful one and it's telling us of all these areas that we could look at so easily in the sense of quincunx like how can we understand in order to have a good relationship the opposition which whatever side you're looking at it one is the ecology one is like even uh, voting reforms it's saying well, and with the the new moon, um, the new moon chart we've it's in Libra, and Libra can be incredibly polarizing. Oh, so yes. that's that's where we are in our nation right now. And so we need better conversations. We need to be able to break down whatever the cliche thought is into some other dialogue, so that we well, get further. Like defend clean water act. Okay, I'm going to be Iranian interrupt okay. for a moment. <laughs> Crisis <laughs> begins. <laughs> Trauma. No, uh, but no, I mean, but the Uranus wants action. Like, it doesn't necessarily want dialogue. It wants to, like, stir stuff up. And if you're going to stir stuff up, like, that is a bit more than, like, polite dialogue. You know what I mean? It, oh, like, yeah. Uranus, like, it wants... It Break wants, it up. Yeah. Break it up. And it doesn't, it doesn't need it to be nice and no, clean. No, or pretty. Or pretty or um, comfortable. Right. It can be It likes painful. uncomfortable. Well, right? it wants to get to the real deal. Right. It wants to yeah. get to the real deal. No matter and, what. Right? Yep. No matter what, exactly. It's going to shake stuff up. And, and it's in an earth sign. And do something. So it's and that's kind of where we're at politically. I mean, it's like, you know, we have this like, we have this like, you know, house leader of the Democrats who's trying to keep everything nice and pretty and waiting. And it's like, you know, 
you could look at that. It's like, and what's happening? It's like people are starting to get upset. People are calling for more action because they're tired of inaction. And it's like, you know, it expresses that. That's a very, and I do have to take a little moment here to bring up for next week. But Shannon, that's a good point because since we brought up the idea of politics, we can see this, the need of, well, it's hard to say because nothing's faded. Right. It's how we work with anything. But the fact is, it's the world's constantly evolving. And changing. Yes. And so this energy is where if things aren't resolved in some ways, it's right. There's going to be a shifting of of evolving trances to say, uh-uh, we're going to get you. Well, next week, I'll just make this announcement now, Talk Cosmos is still with Libra and Liz Machette will be joining us. And Liz has some wonderful classes that she's uh, function, not functioning, she's holding in Marysville. So if you look online, you'll see that Liz has some numerology. She's just published a book. It's quite fascinating. And so we'll be talking about the full moon in another relationship because all of these energies, they work with us in many ways. As Alexa was saying, it's many interpretations. But then again, oh, and that's something I wanted to say to you, Alexa, and to everybody, was is that the wonderful part about astrology is what little what you do understand about your sun sign, for instance, or your moon sign, or any of the particular signs. When you meet somebody or hear somebody talk, they can illuminate a further expansion of how that energy is used because that's how it works. So getting back here, and this is the 5th of October. We're on a repeat on the 10th in the morning. And this is the Libra Cosmic Collaboration with Amanda Pierce and Shannon Hayes. And we've been talking about quincunx, how to juggle and still learn and go beyond our insecurities. So Amanda and Shannon each say something and we'll sign off from this great night. Thank you, Sue. My takeaway from this is Quinn Chunks. Oh! <laughs> Thank you, Sue. I love Quinn Chunks. <laughs> <laughs> now that's your own recipe. Okay, folks, we'll have a smorgasbord. Yeah. A smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> I want this buffet. Okay, you're all great. And we'll be coming back. See Thank you, later. you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.